Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. Hey, this is Steve Repack, and I'll be talking with you today on how you can achieve true financial freedom. Just a little bit about me. I'm a certified financial planner, a financial literacy speaker, an Army veteran, and the author of Six Week Money Challenge for Your Personal Finances. Did you know that the Bible mentions money and finances more than 2,000 times? Though the Bible tells us to place our trust in our eternal security, all too often we're only focused on our temporary security. God must have thought money was important because He knows it is the one thing that constantly pulls us away from Him. I want to tell you a story. A few years ago, I was giving a pre-deployment finance briefing to soldiers and the family members of a National Guard unit here in North Carolina. Uh, the unit was going to be deployed to Iraq, and my job was to help the soldiers and the families prepare financially. The soldiers weren't in uniform, so I couldn't tell the difference between them and the family members. I remember at the end of my presentation, a gentleman in his 60s came up to thank me for coming to the unit and helping the soldiers and the families. He also said that he wished there had been someone like me around to talk some sense to him when he was younger. You know, I went on to thank the gentleman for his, you know, for his compliment, and then I asked him, you know, do you have a child or maybe a grandchild who is about to be deployed? I remember him dropping his head and saying no. The gentleman went on to tell me that this was his third deployment he had volunteered for in the last five years. He went on to say that he used the extra money from his first two deployments to pay off his credit card debt, and he would use the extra money he was going to make from this deployment to build his savings. I can't tell you how bad I felt for him. I know he loved this country, but he wasn't volunteering to put his life on the line at his age because he believed his calling was to serve his country. He was putting himself in harm's way because his finances were a real mess. It broke my heart. You know, to tell you the truth, I was on the same path as that gentleman. See, once I graduated high school, I decided to join the Army. When I completed basic training, it was the first time I saw real money. I took home about $700 every two weeks. You know, the ironic part is that while my clothes, housing, and food were paid for by the military, I'd always find myself with no money in the bank. After about a year in the Army, I got my first credit card. I don't even think the ink was even dry on the back of the card when I already had it maxed out. Next thing you know, I was promoted to private first class. A higher rank meant a higher salary, and that higher salary afforded me the opportunity to get another credit card. Soon after that, I had that credit card maxed out. You know, you might be thinking to yourself, I'll eventually catch on, but the cycle continued to repeat. I would get promoted, make more money, get another credit card, and max it out. As long as I could make the minimum payments, I thought I had a handle on my credit card debt. I told myself that the next time I got promoted, I'd have enough money to pay off all of my credit cards. I'm sorry to say that when I left the Army after 12 years, financially, all I had to show for it was $32,000 of credit card debt. Now here comes the best part. God opened the door for me in finance. You know, I hadn't planned on a finance career, but one of the contacts I'd made in the Army saw a talent in me that I had yet discovered. So there I was, fresh out of the Army, $32,000 in credit card debt, messed up credit with nothing savings or put away for retirement, and my job was to help other people with their finances. You know, my bad money choice had left me in a financial predicament, which I learned from greatly, but biblical and godly principle provided me with true financial freedom. So, what do we need to know if we're ever going to experience financial freedom? First thing, trust God with your finances. 
Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10 says, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. You know, from working with high net worth individuals and those who are struggling financially, I have found that no matter if you're rich or poor, it is the ones who don't trust God with their finances who worry most about their money. You know, most people expect that it's the people with the least money who worry the most. After all, how could people with millions of dollars ever worry about money? To tell you the truth, some people who have a lot of money worry more than people who have no money at all because they're always worrying that they'll lose it all. So for true financial freedom, you must trust God with your finances and depend on Him to provide all your needs. Now, that doesn't mean that God will provide you with all your wants, but those who trust God with their finances have a lot less financial stress and worry compared to people who don't trust God with them. Next concept, if you want to have more, then give more. Luke 6 verse 38 says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. You know, it's just a fact that many people are turned off when they're preached that when, when it comes to giving. You know, some people feel pressured, guilt-ridden, uncomfortable or bitter, and sometimes all of the above. What I do know is that people who give more usually have more. What I'm not saying is that by giving you will magically transform your finances overnight, but when you give, the good feelings you get last much longer than the good feelings you get when you spend money on something for yourself. Also, when you give, you have less money to live on and it will force you to start spending less, which is the cornerstone of personal finance. But more importantly, it is the basis of Christian financial living and it's going to result in a life that is more fulfilling and satisfying. Now, something about giving is a very personable thing and it's not a one-size-fits-all. So I want to give you my thoughts about giving. First, God doesn't need your money or your time, but God does know what's best for you. Because when you give, you're acknowledging that everything comes from God, belongs to God, and is distributed by God, and that He, not money, is the true provider for all of your needs. The next thing is don't get wrapped up with 10%. If you're giving 10% but doing it grudgingly, I don't believe that is honoring God. I think it's not the amount you give, but how you give that's important. Words that come to mind are giving anonymously, cheerfully, sacrificially, and willingly. Another concept, something is better than nothing. It is better to give a little something when you have nothing than to give a little something when you have everything. If you've never given before, start out with something small like 1% or $10. See for yourself that you can trust God. As your trust grows, you will give more. Also, don't think of giving as an obligation, but as an opportunity. Another concept about giving is giving doesn't have to start or end with church. There are many charities, organizations, and ministries such as Arise Ministries that need your financial help and also your time. Now, just because giving doesn't have to start or end with church, if you want to have true financial freedom, you should be given to your church. Keep in mind that just because God doesn't need your money or your time, your church does. What about this? What if you tithe 10% of your time? Think about it. What's more important to you? Is it your time or your money? Maybe it's both. You know, for some people who have been financially blessed, 
giving 10% of their money may not be a big sacrifice, but if you ask them to tithe 10% of their time, that might be a big sacrifice. What I do know is that many of us live in a bubble, and only when we leave that bubble do we truly understand the difficulties others face in life. So, no matter how difficult you think you have it, someone else is going through something worse. Now, am I saying that you can never have fun or have to devote all your spare time serving God and helping others? No. I am saying that you will see your finances and your life differently if you spend time serving someone else other than yourself. So to our next subject, debt is the enemy of financial freedom. Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is a servant to the lender. Debt can wreak a lot of damage. Debt's going to affect your relationships with your children, your job, and most importantly, your relationship with God. If you have debt, you'll have a life of stress. And I know firsthand having to dig out from under $32,000 of credit card debt. I believe that if you have little or no debt, you will give more, save more, and be able to make better decisions that are honoring to God. So, if you have credit card debt, these are the four steps to get out of it. Step number one, quit using your credit card. You know, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure that one out, but the truth is that if you continue to use your credit cards, you will never get out of debt. Step number two, reduce your spending by tracking where you're spending it. You know, most people know how much they make. They just have no idea where they're spending it. So to get out of debt, you must spend less than you make, and you can only do that by tracking your expenses for two weeks and writing down where, when, and how much you spend. And then once you do that, you can figure out what you're going to reduce or what you can cut out. Step number three, build your savings to at least $1,000 as quickly as possible, even if that means having to make the minimum payments on your credit cards for a while. You know, it might not make financial sense, but you will always seem to encounter financial difficulties, and if you have no money in savings, you will never get out of credit card debt because you're going to have no choice but to use it. Now, keep in mind that you can't make the minimum payments on your credit cards or you'll be in debt forever. Your last step, make a get-out-of-debt plan by either concentrating on the debt with the lowest balance and paying the minimum payments on the rest of your debts or concentrating on the debt that's charging you the highest interest rate while paying the minimum payments on the rest of your debts. Which plan is best? You know, it's the one that you are most comfortable with. Our last topic is sinning saving and stewardship. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2 says, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money and keep it with your income, saving it up so when I come, no collections will have to be made. So, is saving a sin? And if you do, does that mean that you're not relying on God? Some people may think that saving is a sin because you should be helping those in need instead of saving it up for yourself. But I want to think, when was the last time you was on the airplane? You remember when the students gave the safety briefing? She said, those with children should put their air mask on first before putting them on their ch children. You know, I believe if you're not taking care of yourself, how can you take care of someone else? Remember that saving is not a sin just as long as you're not saving because of fear, greed, or because you're trying to become independent from God. You know, Christians and non-Christians alike are subject to unexpected financial emergencies, and it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. 
There will be wars, famines, natural disasters, and recessions, and God has told us that we need to be prepared for them. God expects you to be a good steward with the resources he entrusts you with. And by saving for short-term emergencies and for long-term goals like retirement, you will be better prepared for God's good works. So what steps do you need to take now to achieve financial freedom? Step number one, it's not what you know, but it's what you do that's important. If you know that you need to start spending less, then start tracking where you're spending it so you can start cutting out that wasteful spending. If you know that credit card debt is bad, quit using your credit card. If you know that you need to start saving more, then open an account and start putting money into it. For a lot of us, we don't do anything to change our situation or we believe just by praying alone will fix all of our issues. Now, God wants us to pray, but he also expects us to take action. Keep in mind that if you are unable to be good stewards financially, how can you then expect God to trust you spiritually? Keep in mind that every financial decision is also a spiritual decision. Step number two, get an accountability partner. No matter if your goals are financial, physical, or spiritual, what I found is that when you have an accountability partner, your probability for success increases. So when selecting an accountability partner, look for someone that you trust, someone who can put in the time, and someone who is encouraging but will still give you a kick in the butt when you need it. Step number three, if you want better relationship, get in shape, get better of your finances, or grow closer in relationship with God, I encourage you to read a book and take a class. Keep in mind that if you're not growing, you're not moving forward. And if you're not moving forward, you're going backwards. Final step, don't give up. You know, for some of you, I was exactly where you're at right now. I was living paycheck to paycheck with a ton of debt. I had messed up credit, no money in savings, and very little hope. But once I started applying biblical principles and trusting God with my finances, things started turning around. And I have no doubt if you'll start trusting God with your finances, they can turn around for you. For those who feel that they're in a good place with their finances, I challenge you to give more, to serve more, and also save more so you'll be even better equipped to do all God's good work. For all of us, we serve a great and mighty God, and through Christ, all things are possible. So there you have it. If you'd like to know a little bit more about me, please check out my website at steverepack.com. Please also like my Facebook page at Steve Repack Author and follow me on Twitter. You can purchase my latest book, Six Week Money Challenge for Your Personal Finances, at Christian Book, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble. Remember, when we challenge ourselves to become better, we have a much better chance to become better. Finally, I pray for much success for you on your financial journey as you become better stewards so you can achieve true financial freedom. Talk again soon. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.